live across South Australia. Welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, it is Saturday. Welcome to Saturdays in SA. Of course, thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Go down there and check that out. Bryce Gibbs is in. Bryce, good morning to you and happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Hazy. How good to be back. After a busy week. It's been a busy week. Yeah, Do you know what? plenty happening. Such a grind too. Monday to Friday. It's been a really, really hectic week. So I thought, you know what? Let's just come in here. Let's have some fun. Let's relax. And for goodness sake, let's live our lives. Absolutely. It's Saturday. Bring a good attitude. Bring a good attitude. Bring a bit of fun. Bring a beer. No, that, just King, Don't bring a beer. That's, that's what we're here to do. That's too early. Big show coming up, mate. Looking forward to it as well. I want to talk about the, gra- uh, the Crows draft plans yep. and Port Adelaide's draft plans loosely as well. Uh, less picks and probably less opportunities. They're absolutely stacked. But for the Crows, there's a lot of talk as to how they could switch around some of their picks and get some of this local young talent. We know that Max Michelini's coming in, um, but Matthias Philippou as well. He's a name which, depending on which expert you speak to, he could be in the top 10, he could be in the top 20, he could be in the top 25. So the Crows are hoping he's not in the top 10. They get access to him. Yeah, well, they've got a, a future second-round pick, I think, that they might use to slide up the draft on uh, on draft night, which you're allowed to do these days, Hazy, which mm. is a little bit different. And a few people are still trying to get used to the, the live trading of picks, uh, which I'm still trying to get my head around, yeah. to be honest. But um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And as you said, try to, to land some of this local talent because you know what happens? If they go into state, you're going to have to only wait. Maybe 12 months to come back. They always come home. They always come home. Sometimes it takes about 231 games, but they always come back home, just like Jason Horn Francis. And we'll speak about him as well because he's your little mate. Yes, he is. And he's had strange surgery, it must be said. It's not your stock standard surgery. No, it is a little bit different. And uh, I actually, funny that uh, this has come out because I actually had something similar um, in my first couple of years in terms of. Issues with my calves and uh, my feet going numb uh, in games. Wasn't your was issue bit... that your calves didn't exist? No, they still don't exist. <laughs> well, just because you've got big calves. Look at my calves. Just because just yes. you, you can throw barbs out because you've actually got beautiful, plumpy... Oh. I reckon you've got calf implants. You the, are, the Johnny Dramas. The thing, <laughs> Johnny Drama. The thing about my calves are is that they, they're magnificent to look at. I know I'm, I'm going to be open and honest about my calf situation. They look fantastic. But they are useless. They're no good. They are no good. So the way that I describe it is I was really did my best in this life to be a really good footballer, and I never made it. I never made it to the AFL. I have no regrets because I put in 110%. I got taught that as well, and I only took it one week at a time and gave full credit to the boys. Uh, but my calves, at the best of times, would cramp up, sometimes in the middle of the third quarter. They look good. They're big. They're bulky, bulky and they're fast twitch. You know why? I stole the calves of someone who was trying to play NRL. Yes, because you are a short, fast twitch game, and I tried to play this endurance game, and it just doesn't work. Yep. Well, you still what? You still three time, four time? Uh, I'm not. Uh, no complaints. Yeah, Sample <laughs> uh, Premiership legend at uh, at the Bulldogs. No complaints. Although I was in the newsroom the other day, and there was a lady there who has uh, no idea about football, and we were going through that, and then someone was saying, "Oh, how good is that? You got to play four premierships," and she said. Yeah, but you'd trade it all to play one AFL game, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so please don't look at it like that. That's not fair. Uh, back to your um, disgusting excuse for carbs. <laughs> so you had an early operation too? I didn't have an early operation, but I, I had some issues. And um, I thought it was um, compartment syndrome. Uh, what oh, was the, yes. the diagnostic. 
back in the day. And talking to Jason only a couple of weeks ago, he thought he might have had a similar type of issue. Yep. Um, so he's obviously had some some blood flow issues, which they've uh, I think they've nicked uh, an artery or something uh, behind his knee to, to help him get some more blood flow to his legs. But, um, yeah, they thought it might have been a bit of compartment syndrome with him as well. But uh, that wasn't the case. But, uh, yeah, they've uh, fixed that issue up, which he had problems with this year on so and off. On compartment syndrome, it is that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? It's when you get a, a lack of blood flow to your calves, basically. And sometimes I'd heard stories of um, – if. Uh, I mean, this would be a miracle if anyone knows who I'm talking about here, but bloke used to play for Newcastle Knights, Tamana Tahu. But some of these blokes are so built, like they're massive units with huge, huge calves. And I thought back in the day when you had compartment syndrome, some of the treatment was they'd actually trim back your calves. Yeah. They'd like trim back some muscle. pretty significant. Um, And I remember when I was going through it, I had to few tests and you know, it had to run on a treadmill with all these needles in your in your calves and stuff it was a bit strange actually a bit of a, an interesting process but um yeah i remember especially on the harder grounds early in the year uh in in the summer um and a lot of uh, marvel stadium now that's called um running around on there because it was so hard i'd run around halfway through the second quarter my whole foot would go numb my kicking wow. foot too um, which was a little bit strange to be running yeah. around kicking the ball, not being able to feel it. But um, it eventually went away um, after a number of years. But yeah, it's not uh, not the sort of feeling you want or need running around playing uh, AFL footy. I like it how you sort of half discovered that you might have an issue because you would kick the ball and then be like, well, I can't feel myself kicking it. Versus if I was playing, I would rarely get a kick. So there wouldn't be that indication to say, well, you can't feel the ball when it touches your boot because that rarely happened. <laughs> so I could just cruise on around with just compartment keep, syndrome keep potentially. Going. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, you, you did your calf a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? I calf did. Or just a straight oh, line trot. Yep. Uh, nicked it going on a jog on the treadmill. And I thought, oh, that's a bit of a sharp pain. Do I, is there a bee on the back of my calf? And look down, there's nothing there. And I'm going to start running in next week. That's an old man's injury now. Somewhere between the calf and the um, one below it, Celeus, I think it is. No doubt your professionalism would have kicked in. You would have been rehabbing uh, extensively over the last riser, couple of weeks. Riser, riser, rest, ice, compression, elevation, referral. That's all I was thinking. Yeah, of course you were. Straight up. Uh, movie reviews. We don't do that this morning. Yeah. We haven't done that for a long time. Get some I, nominations I don't in. think I've ever done it ever. Well, I, I said that tentatively, <laughs> and then you exposed me. Appreciate that. <laughs> okay, let's start that again. We've never done movie reviews. 0427154166, Netflix included as well. What should we be watching? Straight off the bat, I'm going to tell you, I finally finished, watched and finished Ozark. Yeah. And the temptation now for me to buy a casino and launder money <laughs> is, it's getting harder and harder to resist, I through, must say. Through the roof, temptation. Through the roof. Yeah. It's really, really up there. Uh, before that though, so back in the day for me, the original one that really, really connected I should have used better words than that because it connected because I was I thought it was a good series, not because I was interested in what was happening. It was Breaking Bad. I was dreaming about Breaking Bad at one stage. I was so aggressively into it that I was having dreams about it. Uh, what do you mean you were dreaming about it? You well, were, what? You were there with Yes. Like in the no, scenes with I, him? I was what? in the scenes, but for, but I wasn't I didn't you know, I mean Stock standard to my usual dream where I wake up in a strange place where I have a really important business meet, meeting and, ooh, I'm naked. Why am I naked? So this particular dream, I'd always have a, a dream that I was involved in the actual story, but I wasn't. So I was kind of like real life, but I was watching Heisenberg and 
in some of my dreams he'd be doing outrageous stuff and one of the dreams he he finally got killed and I was like no that can't happen and then a couple of weeks later I finished it and it did happen but I was oh, never well, I wasn't on, actually Heisenberg on, I haven't finished it yet oh haven't you you just ruined it well he may who would have thought <laughs> he may, the leader of he a may drug come empire back. <laughs> may may become unstuck um, but I'm looking for a new Netflix series always looking for a new one You've been active as well because I, you're an absolute couch potato. No, I don't watch uh, uh, as much TV or as many uh, TV shows as I used to, Hazy. Um, I tuck up in bed nice and early. Do you? Yeah, I do. Get the uh, candles out? Not, not quite the candles, but um, yeah, I've been watching some documentaries. I'm in the documentary space at the moment on Netflix. So uh, I've got a couple to talk through a little bit later. Okay, we're talking Attenborough-type areas or sports documentaries? What do you reckon? Uh, we're talking the Untold series oh, on, on yes. Netflix. That's good. And one of them actually hit home a little bit because I had a similar experience to one of the, uh, one of the episodes. Really? Yeah, involving uh, being the, catfished. As in, oh, I thought you were going to say match-fixing. No, no, not quite. <laughs> Catfishing. Catfishing, yeah. Are you a Nigerian prince? I've been, uh, well, maybe. <laughs> uh, I've been, um, yeah, I was uh, involved in a little incident. scandal, wow. Someone stole my identity, Hazy. Are you serious? Serious. That's unbelievable. So if you've seen it as well, we'll quickly talk about it now. Manti Teo. Um, what was the... Oh, I should know this, but the college he was at prominent before he got drafted no, at the NFL. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. So huge over there. Like the, the biggest and greatest example of catfishing that you could ever possibly find. It was unbelievable. It, it, it's an unbelievable story. Yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time, but we're watching, watching it. Uh, it's, it's pretty full on. And, and the interviews that they go into and the people who they interview, it's, it's, yeah. very, it's very, very good, very in-depth. Uh, and they actually interviewed the, the catfisher yeah. um, <laughs> as well. So to hear that side of the story... Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty disturbing <laughs> the yeah. way you look at it. And uh, I went through something similar, not to that extent, but uh, it was involved um, another AFL footballer as well. Which really, it's even more weird. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I can feel for. Uh, Oh, I'll hold off. Yeah. I've got a thousand questions yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. I purposely left this out of our discussion during the week when we were planning the show, and I wanted uh, I wanted to surprise you on uh, this morning's show, Hazy. Excellent. All right, uh, we'll do that just after nine thirty. So, but in the meantime, Netflix nominations or just movie nominations, get them through oh four two seven one five four one double six. Jeez, there's been some big upsets as well in the T Twenty World Cup. So far, I mean, just a quick example. Ireland defeating England. How bloody good was that? <laughs> yeah. England losing at anything is fantastic. But it's when, when it's their little mates down the road, oh, geez, that'd be up and about the Irish. And they don't win too many cricket games, I would no. have thought, the Irish. And that's no disrespect to the Irish. Cricket's not their, their number one sport. So uh, for them to, to get any W on the board, and especially against the side that was uh, one of the red-hot favourites to take yep. out the whole cup this year. Uh, and they did us a favour because we lost to uh, – uh, who was it? Who did we lose to? New Zealand in, in game one. Yep. So uh, for um, the Poms to lose, that just helps our our tournament. So we play them next. Obviously, it was supposed to be played last night, but uh, it got abandoned due to the weather. But uh, that, they've, they've done us a favour, the Irish. Not their top sport. Um, rugby, they're pretty good at. You know what their top sport is? 
drinking piss. Yeah, they're so good at it. I know, just absolutely elite at it. Just the Guinness pigs. <laughs> the just Guinness smashing pigs. Guinness. All right, 0427154166. Text line is officially open, so get stuck into it. Can take a call from you uh, as well. Anytime up to 1030, 1300736736. So this morning we are doing it thanks to the good guys at Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Uh, top of 20 degrees across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy. Saturday's in SA. Good morning. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to you. It is 10 minutes to 9 o'clock and we're just running through some of the uh, Netflix nominations or just movie nominations in general because we both uh, need to watch something. I'm an absolute couch pig and I'm due for a new series. Finished Ozark. Um, Bryce is a little bit more sophisticated than me. He only watches documentaries. I'm um, just saying whilst I'm on... he drinks, is a, drinks a very, very expensive glass of Pinot. Oh, no, nah, I'm a more of a Grange drinker, Hazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just in the in the uh, documentary space at the moment. Right. Yeah. It's good. Are you that, it's that time of your life where it you're is. like, you know, I, I don't need stuff that's going to numb my brain. I just need to be stimulated. Yeah. Mm. Catch up on some history. <laughs> yeah. Some history. And what's that website again? www.stimulation. <laughs> He's sicko. All right, what about this one? Uh, this text, morning boys, couldn't have opened the app quick enough this morning at 8.30. Sit down with the wives and watch a solid rom-com, boys. Holiday. Holiday. I don't know if this, uh, this is taking the piss or not, but Holiday's a great movie. 2006, little film there starring Cameron Diaz. Can't say I've seen it. Jack Black as I'll, well. I'll add it to the list. It's fantastic. Um, look, if you watch Holiday and you don't fall in love with Jude Law after that, then it's on you. There's something wrong with you. Okay. Well, let me watch it and see if I fall in love with her. Oh. I'll give you the feedback. You want me to get stimulated, mate? What's her role? You talk about what does she do? What is she? Well, she's a successful. Um, I'm not even sure what her job is. She's in. She's in Hollywood or some sort of showbiz thing um, in LA, and she basically swaps with a English lady who her name forgets me. This is such a vague way of actually explaining what the movie, and it's such an unfair situation for you to put me in. But basically, they do a, a swap for a holiday, so she goes to England. And this English bird goes to America. And they both fall in love with um, people from different countries. So the English bird um, falls in love with Jack Black. And Cameron Diaz falls in love with Jude Law, who is this other girl's brother. Gotcha. Oh, my God. It's so romantic wow. and cute. Have you been to the States and the UK? Uh, I've been to America, but not the UK. Okay. Well, You've been to the UK? I've been to the UK. I was just going to ask what you'd prefer, but you haven't been there, so haven't been there. But Can't my wife is my wife is Scottish. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so she goes back every year with the family, and, and we we plan for the next year or two um, to go back there properly. And, and do you it haven't been back? No, I haven't been back because I've always had to work and everything. And every time she goes back, it's purely you know, she just hangs out with the family for a week or so with her mum. But we're planning the next sort of couple of years. Let's go there and let's do it properly. Let's cruise around the UK. We'll yeah. take the kids and. Get the family oh, out. That'd be good. really nice. How good. Mm. No, love, love the UK. Uh, this text as well, Breaking Bad, one of the all-time great shows. Are you boys watching House of the Dragon? That's an epic series, mm. says Brad. Great text. House of the Dragon? No. But I'll lock that in. Were you a Game of Thrones man? Did you watch that series? Do you know what? I've never seen Game of Thrones. There you go. Yeah. So it's that sort of stuff, is it? Well, it's the prequel or the sequel or oh. I think, yeah, before, so before it happened. There's literally dragons in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. is magic. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> All right, good nominations. Keep them coming through. 0427-154-166. Um, let's talk about your little mate. 
and that is Jason Horn Francis, who is going to be at Port Adelaide next year. The biggest trade, not just this year, but for a long, long time. Um, and he's potentially going to have an interrupted start to the season. Yeah, he's gone in for surgery. He's, uh, he had some blood flow issues into his leg uh, and has had an operation uh, where they just go in behind the knee and, and whether they snip an artery or they snip something to uh, release a bit more blood flow uh, into his leg. So, um, yeah, he's having some calf issues. They thought it might have been some sort of compartment syndrome or uh, they actually probably weren't too sure. But uh, it did affect him at times during during the 2022 season. So um, obviously, yeah, dealing with that uh, and a few other things throughout the year. Um, but some sometimes his performance this year got, uh, got criticised pretty heavily. So, yeah, to now know that... Um, he was being affected a little bit by by this and, and hampered. So uh, they've made a decision to uh, to get the surgery now to knock it on the head, and uh, it will slow his preseason down a little bit. But uh, by all reports, he'll be ready to go come round one. There you go. So straight away, my first question from that is: Did North miss this, or did they ignore it? Like, how does it? How does a number one pick who's clearly got some issues last year, whilst he's playing, have to play through that? Well, I think they were aware of it. Uh, and, I mean, in any situation, you'd rather avoid surgery than not. So I think it just got to a point where, yeah, sort of it was now or never. Get it done now. You could probably push through and and it might be okay. But, um, yeah, after getting a couple of opinions, I suppose, they, they thought now was the best time to do it nice and early in the preseason uh, so that he can get back in the new year, get some good a good block of training under his belt and... And uh, hit hit round one, ready to go. But it, it is a little bit was frustrating for him because I know how hard he was training, and he had um, reduced his two k time trial significantly uh, just from from the work he'd been doing in this off season. So uh, he's uh, he's certainly very hungry to come back and make a statement. I know I know that for a fact, and this uh, this will slow that down a little bit. But uh, yeah, as I said, get it done now, um, then he can have a, a good solid. A month or two leading into the start of the season. I'm just wondering, and this isn't asking question and maybe information that you do or don't know, but I'm just wondering as Bryce Gibbs uh, cruises past us at 1 King William Street on the tram, uh, get out of my face, Bryce Gibbs, <laughs> for goodness sake. Um, I'm just wondering, like, from a football manager perspective, both sides, if you've got the number one pick and he's sh- showing signs like this, I just don't see any point, I'm not a medical professional, in playing through it. I, I, I would have shut him down as soon as this happened and said, no, 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 no. This is North Melbourne. We're not threatening for a flag. Shut it down and get on top of this ASAP. Well, I don't think they knew exactly what it was at the time. And sometimes it takes you a while to to work out these things. And, um, yeah, you need to seek different opinions. Uh, And I think that's what they've done. Uh, Port, uh, since getting him across, they've obviously done their due diligence with this uh, and they've decided now um, that uh, surgery is the, the best result for it uh, mm. at the moment. So um, it's not, by all means, it, it'll, it'll come back fine. It's, there's, no, there's no issue, but uh, yeah, just not ideal um, leading into the start of pre-season. So what I will ask you and put you on the spot is, in your conversations, has he been going not at 100% because physically he's been unable to? Because if so, that's an exciting thought for Port Adelaide supporters. I, I have, I've no doubt he'd be, he would have been going at 100%. But As in he's going 100%, but physically he hasn't been at his max. 
well, this is something that has hampered him at times over this year. So that is absolutely, yeah, that's why I brought Adelaide supporters because so- you've got a young man who's about to uh, attack next season, Cherry Ripe. From the, the signs we've seen this year, some of the stuff he's done, uh, yeah, as you said, for him not to be 100% right with his body, it's a, it's a scary proposition. <laughs> there you go. She's all eyes are going to be on Jason, aren't they? Round one in particular. I, I can't wait for it. It's a young bloke who has got a very, very bright future, to say the least. Uh, big news during the week as well, Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan as well. Um, I mean, Chris Fagan is back. He resumed his duties at the Brisbane Lions. And Alistair Clarkson will start on the 1st of November, which I assume is on Monday. So there you go. This is When the story first came out, it was going to be... And look, we're still waiting for it to play out. I think mid-December, late December, 22nd of December is when we will get an official um, ruling or um, I suppose summary of the whole situation from an investigation. But the fact that these guys are back in their positions right now, it it kind of leads you down a path to think that, okay, well, this probably isn't going to be as heavy as we thought it was going to be. No, and I mean, it is a great result for for those two individually and and for their clubs because it's obviously a, a pretty important time of the year uh, leading into to pre-season and and then leading into the draft so uh, yeah I mean if if every club wants their coach around uh, doing what they're doing especially if someone like North Melbourne who Alistair Clarkson's taking over um, he, he want to be uh, you know, stamping his authority and Stamping his culture on the group uh, and getting this club back off the bottom of the ladder, which uh, we know is their their goal, absolutely. So, uh, and Chris Fagan as well, um, obviously got a bit more of a point to prove as well. They they want to get back to the top four. So yeah, there's still a bit to play out in this hazy, uh, and we we haven't uh, finished talking about it just yet. But um, yeah, there was there was talks at one stage that these two might never coach again. Mm. As a bare minimum, I think that was a really strong suggestion early on that if there's any sort of skerrick of truth behind the allegations, then there's no way that they can coach again. And now they're already back in the job. So that would give you a pretty solid indication of which way you think this is going to go. And saying that, I'm still going to hold thoughts and judgment until there is an official, um, I suppose you'd call it ruling or summary of everything that's happened. But it's good news for North Melbourne from that perspective because they had such a big win by getting Arthur Clarkson on board and then it was such a big loss to say, well, actually, hang on, he may never coach again and now he's back on board. What a roller coaster the North Melbourne Football Club has had over the last sort of couple of months, including losing Jason Lord Francis. Yeah, it certainly has been and um, yeah, they just want to get on with it, don't they? Get on with what's been a, a pretty disastrous year for them and... Um, and just get back to, to climbing up the ladder and, and becoming a destination club again. So um, that starts with your, your coach turning up day one of pre-season and, and they get the luxury of that at the moment. But uh, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see uh, how it plays out from here. Very good stuff. Keep the text coming through. A lot of nice suggestions as well in terms of a movie or a Netflix series to watch. 0427 154 um, We do want to thank our good mates at Solitaire Volkswagen this morning. That's where you'll find the new performance R range. Top of 20 across Adelaide today to be partly cloudy. Let's get into the news headlines. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, good morning to you. It's four minutes past nine. Text line's busy this morning already. 0427 We're going to build up to it, but a little... um. 
I suppose we'd call it a little movie review we're going to do before 10 o'clock. Um, this text, Bryce, boys, no piss taking, Ari, the holiday. It's superb. Soundtrack is quality too. It's a gorgeous movie. You know what? It's okay to be in love with a rom-com. We're all human. Just, you know, be man enough to say that is a beautiful movie. And then be even more man enough to say, guess what? I was in tears throughout it. Most of the movie, I was crying. I love the the reference to the um, the soundtrack. (laughs) It's a gorgeous soundtrack as well. The soundtrack to go with it is just spot on. It makes it so much better. Anything with Jack Black involved, you know it's going to be quality. Uh, This one as well says, Gibbsy, have you watched most of or all or nothing? Have you watched most of all or nothing? European football docos, Leeds, Sunderland, Spurs, etc. Have you seen those? No, I haven't, but I have heard good things. Yep. Um, and just waiting for him to do a Reds version, a Liverpool version of uh, of the series. But uh, no, I should uh, I should have a look at a couple of these because uh, I've heard very good things. So you're a big Liverpool man, aren't you? Yeah. Like how how invested? You probably should have some sort of tattoo somewhere. I'm tattooless. What about a little tattoo just above your um, bum there? Nah. Just on your lower back? Nah, nah. <laughs> just a little Liverpool tattoo? Nah, I don't, uh, unfortunately. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Don't ever do that, please. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, top of 20 across Adelaide today. Plenty of things to get up to. In South Australia round Cape What's on in SA? Just a bunch of words just before. I'm not even sure exactly what I said. But what is on across Adelaide today? Climate oh, Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best day in prices, Gibsy. So much on in Adelaide today. The Asia Festival is still on <laughs> from now until November 6. Get cultured and see an amazing show with incredible food and, of course, drinks. All on King William Street and throughout the CBD, Asia is a showcase of the best theatre, dance, music, visual arts, film, food and cultural events from across Asia and Australia. There you go. You've got me. Sold. <laughs> I'm there. Go get cultured, Hazy. That's what you need. Right? Yeah. It's Victorian Derby and Golden Eagle Day at Morfordville as well from 11am. So if you fancy a bit of a flutter, get down there and have a bit of a crack. I know I have no idea when it comes to the races. So every time I'm looking for a tip, I just uh, text my good mate, Miles Fitzner, and he always steers me in the right direction. Yes, the SEN track boys are doing a pretty good job this spring carnival and uh, Cracker Jack show t- today uh, no doubt. Um, Port Adelaide take on Essendon. Yep. Albert and Oval today at 12.40. Uh, sorry, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yep. So get down there and support the girls. They're, uh, it's another winnable game for them. Be it definitely is. Nice to finish off the season uh, with a W. Yes, and yeah, last game of the season. And the spectacle that has been the A4W games at Albert and Oval, it's been fantastic. So one more opportunity and like you mentioned, a big chance for the girls to chalk up their second win. They were so close last weekend and course they've had to draw as well they've had about four or five games where they absolutely could have been on the right side of it so they're very very close yeah they have been and a couple of those games have just kicked poorly they've kicked you know one or two goal nine or ten points so um if they just can kick a bit straighter they're obviously getting the inside 50s and, and the shots on uh, on the board, they're just not converting as well as they would have liked. So, uh, yeah, obviously being at Alberton helps. Uh, hopefully they get a big crowd uh, for their last game of the year. What's happening with Bryce Gibbs tonight? No, nah, quite weekend for mm. me, actually, yeah. Uh, Charlie, actually, my son, uh, has got his basketball debut. Really? Today. So, uh, first game? First game. Oh, he'd be nervous right now. He'd be trying to keep the food down. 
just getting his carbs in, trying to keep his uh, hydration levels up. But he'd be just playing, be visualising this game in his head. Wow. Yeah, so at his first training session last night. So they get straight into it, uh, training <laughs> session. <laughs> Don't they? Well, it's like you and me. Session and then bang, straight into play. He doesn't, I don't even think he knows the rules. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be running around like a bull at a gate uh, this afternoon, but um, that's all right. Throw him in the deep end, see how he goes. Yeah, just throw him right in the deep end, just like his old man when you started with SNSA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even a training session, he's just straight a, in the uh, deep end. Some headphones, he's a microphone. Uh, away you go. Good luck. Speak into that thing with the black thing around it, <laughs> and let's have some fun because it's Saturday. That's what we do. That's what we do. We launch into the weekend. Um, don't do what <laughs> don't do what Kane Corns used to do though, right? What was that? Just keep those brutal thoughts about your children to yourself. So I would sit there and go, Hey, your boys. So um Eddie doesn't play, but Sonny and Raf, any good at footy? Is there a is there a future there? You go, nah, no good. Just <laughs> go, shut it down straight yes, away. No, go, the boys are still in like primary school. <laughs> There's still a chance from developing. No, no, no. They they won't be A for footballs. Yeah, yeah, right. Come on, mate. <laughs> So Give him a chance, Kane. I suppose we'll get a good gauge to um, see just how good Charlie is today and whether or not you should start investing in, I don't know, moving him to the States or something yeah. like that, you know? Well, we will. But, uh, yeah, as I said, I don't even think he knows the rules. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll start with that. And, uh, I mean, he's got a, a group of his mates from school. So uh, should be a bit of fun and should be uh, good viewing, I reckon, anyway. Mm, good viewing. So, so, hang on. So, one thirty. It's a strange time for is, an under eights basketball. It is. Isn't it? I would have thought that was first thing this morning. Kicking the dew off, or I don't know. You can't really kick the dew off on on the hardwood, but yeah, you thought it, uh, the under ages would be uh, nice and early, but uh, not the case. Which is good for me because I would have been working this morning, so yep. I actually get to head along and uh, watch him do his thing. Um, what I'm looking forward to is when Henry, if he wants to play, and my daughter, if she wants to play, going to their sport. Um, and just being an active participant in the crowd and just, like, ripping into the referees. You'll be one umpire. of those parents, Oh, eh? just absolutely. No, no, no. <laughs> They're the worst humans on the planet, those what? people. But then also you've got to decide, do you, do you take yourself a little a little coffee? Do you take yourself some food? Do you settle in? Because I, I would love to at some stage as well, if the time is right, like responsibly enjoy a nice beer and watch Henry go at it. I, I can't think of anything better than watching my son play sport. Like it's, it's a really exciting thought. Not because I want to see him dominate or anything, but just the fact that he's out there playing and I'll probably be with some dads as well and be having fun and keeping our thoughts to ourselves in terms of the umpires and refs. But it's a really, really fun thought to have. Yeah, and we're, we're starting to, to get into that now. As, uh, as parents, as uh, Charlie's at that age where, you know, he wants to try all different sports as well. So yep. uh, he's obviously loves his footy and, and keen, keen footy player. But, uh, yeah, he's going to try basketball. He, he might try some, some baseball. And he's, he's pretty open to, to trying everything. So uh, no doubt it's going to be a busy couple of years, early morning weekend sport for us coming mm. up, which, is, uh, which will be good fun. Yep, absolutely. Uh, get through your nominations this morning for your favourite Netflix series or a movie. We're sort of veering off into this rom-com territory, and I'm all for it. The best rom-coms, because guess what? If you're a fella, it's okay to be in love with romantic comedy. It's also okay to cry from start to finish. You need to have a couple <laughs> of bottles of water because yeah. you know you're about to shed a lot of tears. Just sit down with a glass of red and get vulnerable. Yeah, a little Perfect. box of chocolates. How good. Get the candles out. Why not? Lotion.
It's living. No, no, Lushen. All good. <laughs> 0427 154 166. It's 11 minutes past nine. Uh, I do want to thank our good folks, the good friends rather, at uh, Solitaire. Solitaire Volkswagen, that's where you find the new performance R range. Top of 20 across Adelaide today. You can give us a call at any stage, as long as it's up before 10.30. 1300 736 736. Text line 0427 rather. <laughs> one double what? <laughs> Just Google the number for SCNSA. It's there. Uh, this text. Boy, speaking of rom-coms, Notting Hill gets me every time that I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy hits me in the feels. <laughs> Cheers, Mike. Oh, bless you, Mike. The fame thing isn't really real. You know. <laughs> yes. And don't forget, I'm also just a girl. <laughs> standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, You're crying. You just said that. You, that, that wasn't the audio. You just said that yourself. <laughs> that was me talking to <laughs> Tommy Lyon. You knew that word for word. The most unrealistic plot of all time when you think about it. Gorgeous movie. But William Thacker, who owns a travel bookstore in Notting Hill, London, who's divorced, shares a flat with Spike, who is a flaky and sloppy Welshman. <laughs> How that for a description? A flaky and sloppy Welshman who basically um, ends up shacking up with the biggest movie star on the planet. It is so unrealistic, but we're all for it. It's a bit like Tom Lyon and Jessica Braithwaite. You know, any <laughs> time I tell someone, they go... You, you flaky, sloppy little yeah, Welshman. Yeah, like a, hey, I am quite pasty, if you have a look at that skin. It's, it's chubby and pasty. Any time I tell people who my wife is... That they all, The first reaction is always, you, you're batting above your average, aren't you? <laughs> and, and you're um, like... There's 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 compliment in that, but there's also some pretty solid insult about that. Yeah, as well. yeah, a bit of backhander about it. And I, I always say I bring lots of things to the table as well. Don't you worry. As in, like the cutlery when it's dinner time. Is that what you're bringing <laughs> yeah, to the table? Yeah, uh, and, and lots of you know <laughs> intellect and and fun. I bring the fun to the relationship. It's good. You gotta hey, have a fun person in the relationship. Welcome to you, Tommy. <laughs> um, yeah. Good morning. Should we straighten up and talk some footy? Yeah, why not? Look, I, I found this fascinating during the week. Uh, the Crows, they made a couple of draft pick swaps. And basically the whole point of it was to get to the draft points for their father-son, Max Michelini. And so they got rid of their pick 23 this year. The interesting thing is they've brought in North Melbourne's second round pick from next year, which is quite a valuable pick because North may finish near the bottom, which makes it the first pick of the second round next year, which is always valuable. Uh, now, the reason they've done it is because they a pick may or a bid may come for Max Michelini early on and they don't want that pick 23 to be swallowed up. Now, Justin Reid was on a Crow's Nuffy podcast that I listened to called The Sensible Crow uh, during the week and he was just explaining the pick swaps and what, what it's all about. It just gives us more flexibility across uh, both drafts. So, obviously, you know, with Max Michelini and ourselves nominating him as a father-son, it gives us certainly flexibility with regards to him and and also, you know, through this draft and, and 2023 as well. So it was probably more around positioning the points factor with the father-son, but then giving us greater flexibility across both because a lot of things can uh, eventuate on draft night with live trading. So we'll certainly explore ways on how we go about the draft hand how we execute that. And as you said, a lot can change on draft night itself. Uh, Tommy, I'm just like everybody else. The whole process is very confusing. Yeah, it is. 
I don't know. I was reading about it. I, I didn't even know who I was anymore mm. by the end of it. Yeah, I mean, everything just gets scrambled, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, firstly, Hazy, can you explain Max Michelini as a player? So he is uh, going to be a very good sweeping defender. Yeah. Uh, playing for Nord. Of course, Dad Jim played over 200 games and won four premierships. So, first of all, that's how he ends up as father son. The Crows. I think a lot okay. of people are sort of wondering how that, that is when Dad didn't actually play for the Crows. Well, one of the zone clubs for the Crows uh, and Bryce's old man just missed out on that whole situation. Yeah, that was unfortunate. So Jim obviously played for Nord before the cutoff date, which was obviously 1991, registered 200 games. Um, and that's one of the four clubs aligned to the Crows. But he's going to be a nice running defender. I, I'd sort of half liken him to maybe a Brody Smith type. But he's Dane Rampey. Yeah, he's got some good skills about him as well. So yeah. they're, they're massively into him. And obviously this has been in the works for a long, long time. I think the Crows have got a beauty here. Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. I was watching his little video the other night and he looks excellent. Now, for those thinking that that's all the Crows are going to do this draft, fear not because what Justin Reed is alluding to there is the flexibility to trade back into the draft once they've got Max Michelini, whether it's first or second, uh, where, whether that big comes in the second round. There are a couple of SA boys here I want to float who will come between pick 20 and 30-ish. First one is Harry Barnett Hazy. Have yep. you seen him play? Yes, he's good. He yep. was under 18 All-Australian, Ruckman. And the most impressive thing about Harry Barnett is gone are the days now where you can be a big lumbering Ruckman where you're good at taps and not much else. Mm. So what he has developed over the last couple of years is his work around the ground, which is really, really good and probably highlighted. And they take note of this when you're a big boy, some of his physical testing. So his 2K mm. time trial, he was finishing ahead of some of the midfielders and his 20-meter sprint was really, really impressive for a big guy. So that's what's really, really salivating. It's not just his work in the middle, which is good, but the fact that he potentially can get right around the ground and do some damage. Yeah, apparently best ruck in the draft, Gibber. Now, do you think that's a, um, you know, a hole that Adelaide could be looking at to develop a young ruckman? Uh, yeah, potentially. I mean, we've seen Riley O'Brien carry a, a pretty big workload in the ruck and, and we've seen Strawn get a couple of opportunities, but they've sort of, they're not really going to run with him, mm. I don't think, going forward. So to get a young ruckman uh, under their belt, yeah, it does make sense, doesn't it? And uh, speaking of Harry Barnett, I think he might have debuted against the Panthers uh, this year right. in the league. So, so I watched him closely, and he was up against a, a uh, one of the better ruckmans in the comp in um, Keegan Brooksby. So yep. uh, he certainly held his own. So he's already proven that he can can play against some some of the bigger bodies and and more experienced guys. So that's that's a credit to him. And I dare say, if if he is in the mix, uh, that the Crows could potentially you know do some live pick swapping, yeah. as you alluded to. And as Justin Reid alluded to, that uh, he could be potentially on the radar to get uh, in this draft. Yeah, and also something that happens with good young ruckmen is they're underrated in the draft because clubs think, oh, we'll pick him up in a preseason or a rookie thing. And you look at guys like Brody Grundy, who went pick 16, Tim English, who slipped out to about pick 20 or something. They, they don't usually risk him early. So Harry Barnett seems like that type of player who will be good. Just And on that as well, in terms of depth, the Crows need a greater ruck depth. So Billy Frampton was your reserve, reserve ruckman if needed. He's gone. So now it is Riley O'Brien and it's strong. Well, and Phil Thorpe. And Phil Thorpe. As, a, as you, a backup. Do you want, and you don't want Phil Thorpe to be in a situation where he has to ruck. So, and you look at Port Adelaide, it is Scotty Lysett's the man. 
Then you've got Dante Vizentini, you've got Bryn Teagle, you've got Sam Hayes. They're genuine ruckmen. Yeah. So obviously, it's a tough situation to be if you're, jeez, if there's five ruckmen in there and potentially you're ranked the fifth best ruckman. But if it all goes pear-shaped and there was a time where it just wasn't working for Port Adelaide and they've got Jeremy Finlayson rucking, they don't want to do that. So depth, the Crows need more ruck depth. And a young ruck depth as well, because yeah. Strawn's probably not going to make it, but he's he's a great backup. Which brings us to our next player, uh, who's a Crows NGA player, who's likely to get a bid put on him between 20 and 30 as well. He's a tall kid called Isaac Keeler, uh, but he's very mobile, 198 centimetres, uh, 88 kilos from North Adelaide. He uh, is an athletic kid. You know, Taylor Walker's not going to be around forever, and I'd, I'd like them to have a look at him. It's pretty hard to ignore someone when he's nearly 200 centimetres tall and he's described as extremely athletic and he can play as a pinch-hitting ruckman and also play up forward. He's spot on, Toppy. Tommy, well, to- I love it. Toppy. I love it when you call toppy. me Topping. Toppy. It's Toppy, actually. <laughs> toppy Lion. Um, you were having a mare today. We're one. Oh, thanks. Stop <laughs> that. That's some good solid feedback from Tommy. Goodness gracious, mate. We've still got an hour and five minutes to go. Surely I can turn it around. I believe in you. You will redeem this. Uh, Taylor Walker, one, maybe two years left. Who knows what that looks like? Yeah. And they're still looking for forwards. It seems like as well on paper, this is the same sort of player as Riley Thilthorpe. But big boys like this who are athletic do not grow on trees. No, they don't. And yeah, he, he certainly could be a, a project player, couldn't he? Yeah. Uh, they, these sort of players don't grow on trees. And um, if you take a flyer on them, it could pay very good dividends. Absolutely. What it also says, I think, is that they're, they're backing the group of young midfielders that they've got in Jakey Saligo, Sam Berry, and uh, Harry Schoenberg in there. So that, it looks like that, that sort of cream of the crop type midfielder that they do need, they may be getting through a, um, a trade space. Jeez, Tommy, as an absolute genuine Crows, nuff, nuff. <laughs> How excited are you for Isaac Rankin? Oh, I, I'm... Um, Get your merch. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm getting my merch. I'm getting my number 22. Get Quite excited. Is that locked in? Is he number 22? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I, think, uh, I saw a social media post about it that. Takes Billy Frampton's number. Yes, the uh, the, the great Billy Frampton. <laughs> there you go. Good luck to Billy Frampton. <laughs> I love the way that Billy Frampton would go about it. Yeah. And I reckon he's got a future at uh, Collingwood for sure. I know you rate him. I think he's yeah. he plays centre-half back mm. in that side round one. That'll be a nice story if he gets a good, solid game. All right, Crows fans, get involved this morning. Your thoughts, some of those youngsters that we've just named. There's some good South Australian talent potentially on offer in saying that Port Adelaide and the Crows don't have a really, really early draft hand. But get your thoughts through, 0427-154-166. Thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen, the new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, and we're powered by Lumo Energy SA. Coming to you from SNSA's studio, Lumo, right in the heart of the city, 1 King William Street. Text line, really busy this morning. It's very much appreciated. It is a bit busy, isn't it? So busy. What's that smell? Smoke coming from the text machine. It's nice to know we've actually got some listeners out there. Mm, I'm surprising, though, that they can actually get through. 042715. Four, double, double six. Double six. Double six. Uh, this one. Good morning, boys. Very show, funny show this morning. So, boys, I'm not sure if you'll get this text because I'm texting 0427154 double dicks. Can you clear this up for us, boys? Only repeating the number Hazy mentioned a bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ange. Look, sometimes when you don't 100% concentrate, your six turns into dick and you know, it's all sorts of confusion, but it's six, not dick. 
I can say that. Can. We'll clear that up, okay? <laughs> good All stuff. good, because uh, we, I want some more text coming through. <laughs> yeah. It's been good this morning. 0466, that's what's going on. It is 9.32 on 1629 SENSA. Coming up next, uh, we want to talk about some of the great upsets in sports. Because, geez, there's been some rippers in this T20 World Cup. I know that's the beauty of the T20 as well. Anyone potentially, well, not anyone, but there is an opportunity slightly for even some of the absolute little guys to pull off a big win. Well, in the in the T20 format, there's uh, if you just have an off day, mm. you, you're gone. Like the, the margin for error um, is a lot greater in, in only the 20, 20 over format. So... Uh, and you like to see it. You like to see the, the Irish beat the Poms. You like yeah. to see the Zimbabwe, Zimbabweans, is that what you call them? Zimbabweans? Uh, I think Zimbabwe. I'm not really sure. Zimbabwe cricket team. Beat uh, Pakistan. Yep. It's great. Absolutely. All for it. All for it, as long as Australia isn't involved. No. No, you don't want to we, see them get upset. You do not want to see that. No. <laughs> All right, 9.33, text through your greatest upsets in world sport across the board as well. It doesn't have to be at an international level. It could be at a club level as well. Um, 0427-154-166. It is news time. Good morning. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. The text line reads this, 0427-154-166. Callum, our good comrade and contributor, got involved. He said, anyone else sit down and vomit all over the floor watching the Sixers last night? Absolutely horrible. 29-point loss to the Breakers. What the hell is going on? Very, very confused when the Sixers beat the Suns. And they go, here we go. Season opener. They get smacked by Tassie. They turn it around. Nice little win over the Hawks. And then they produce what was called an unbelievable statement win. Four-point win over the Kings on the road. And we thought, here we go. We're on here. And they get absolutely whacked last night. That was I'm confused. Yeah, it's not, not ideal, is it? But... Look, I don't know. I, I actually don't mind a couple of these losses early in a season, just to jolt them back up a bit. I mean, the the round one game against the Jack Jumpers, few excuses. They'd only been back for 48 hours from a flight from the States. So you can forgive them for that one. They bounced back, had a couple of good wins, uh, won a really good win over in Sydney against the Kings. And then uh, to dish up what they did last night, it's not ideal, but it's one of those ones that won't hopefully just – knocks that complacency out of them, shakes them up a bit, and they can uh, sharpen their focus up going forward. So that was an, a solid little upset win. Uh, nice job from New Zealand Breakers, who are travelling quite beautifully, must be said. But on the road again, the road teams this year in the NBL have been have done a fantastic job. Um, so let's talk about some of the biggest upsets in sport. Zimbabwe versus Pakistan on Thursday. Zimbabwe, 130 for eight off their 20 overs. Pakistan, off their 20 overs, 129 for eight. So that was a massive moment for Zimbabwe. Yeah, huge, wasn't it? And we, we saw Pakistan push India the, mm. only a couple of nights ago, who, uh, who were probably the favourites to take out the whole tournament. So um, they've gone from playing some really good cricket to some pretty poor cricket. Yeah. It takes nothing away from Zimbabwe, mind you. Who were still paying $101 to win the tournament, and Pakistan still $21 after that loss. So that's the difference in the two nations. Ireland beating England as well. That was just fantastic to see because you feel like if you don't go for your own country, um, Ireland's a side that you could really get around just because everyone loves the Irish, don't they? And everyone dislikes English. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they were obviously not expected to win that game. No one would have uh, tipped them 
to to knock them off. But uh, as you said, uh, Ireland being the little the little country off of uh, off of uh, the UK, yep, I would have had some fun without the Irish. I reckon. Yep. I'll give you one. 2016, Cavs upset Golden State after being 3-1 down. Rebound tip taken by Spades. Final second. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. The curse destroyed. 52 years of torment and anguish has been washed away. This is what it was about. Right here, man. Man, I, I'm seriously getting goosebumps even listening to that. So I, I love basketball a lot, and I love LeBron James. So I was at home watching that, and I watched every single game at home, um, dressed up in my Cavs gear, and 23 on the back, and that was just an unbelievable moment. On top of that, not long before that, two moments when LeBron swatted away uh, Iguodala, and also when Kyrie hit the um, three, which was basically almost put them into a spot where you thought, geez, they're going to win this game seven. Unbelievable. Never been done before. 3-1 down. It's not supposed to happen. And then LeBron LeBron and the Cavs do that. Ridiculous stuff. Yeah, it was an unbelievable series and unbelievable comeback. And the highlight actually for me was watching uh, the Cavs celebrations. Mm. They flew straight to Vegas and they're all (laughs) celebrating, drinking their Don Perignon and drinking all this expensive alcohol. And there's... Little old Maddie Delavadova sitting in the corner <laughs> with a can of Corona <laughs> in a nightclub in Vegas. That's Brilliant. true, actually. <laughs> Just celebrating as a good, solid, humble Aussie. So that happened in 2016. So let's, which got me thinking, I'll read some other results from the 2016 campaign from all different codes. So the Western Bulldogs. Oh, yes, of course. Come Boys, seven. kick the goal! Thank you, Bryce, for giving us an excuse to play that. (laughs) So come from seventh on on the ladder. Unbelievable uh, win that one was. Leicester City. Oh, yes. Won the the EPL title that year. Started the season 5,001 to 1. Yep. Unbelievable campaign. Good odds. Good odds. (laughs) The Sharks. Knocked off the storm in the NRL. Yep, that was... Won 14 to 12, unexpectedly. Incredible scenes for Cronulla. It wasn't their first, but it was, geez, it was a long time in between drinks. Paul Gallon, the skipper, ridiculous. And they were they were not expected to win win that one. And in the, in the baseball, the Cubs beat Cleveland four games to three in the World Series. There you so go. So in terms of upsets in 2016... It was happening across the world in all codes. Yeah, 2016 was very, very interesting indeed. Um, what about round 11, 2011, Gold Coast upset Port Adelaide for their first ever win. Port Adelaide were paying $1.03, Gold Coast $14. Um, they won by three points. Ridiculous. Westhoff had a kick after the sign to win, uh, but unfortunately he kicked a point. So that was one of those things where you thought, well, that's fantastic, but unfortunately if you're a Port supporter, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> Gives it out. Matera kicks a goal. This is astonishing. West off. Oh, oh, he's grabbed it. Huge grab. Two seconds on the clock. There's the oh, siren. there it is. Oh, he's missed out it. to the right. But they've won. The Gold Coast Suns have their first ever AFL win. That was unbelievable. I remember watching that as well. And since then, a couple of times, I've spoken to Kane Corns about that. Kane was dropped for that game. 
Was he really? So I reckon Kane might have only got dropped once in his life properly. And I don't think he, maybe one or two weeks, he missed through injury. But he and Daniel Pierce would drop for that game very controversially. So quite naturally, in a situation like that, I think uh, him and Piercy would have been up in the stands being like, eh, I'm not overly upset if Gold Coast win here because they probably need to make some changes. <laughs> well, that is quite funny because usually you'd pencil that in for a win. Absolutely. So that means you can't really make changes to a winning side. So he probably has two or three weeks mm. playing uh, in, the, in the sand for, but because uh, they lost, I dare say he would have been straight back in. Yes, surely. Um, so there you go, your big upsets in world sport. Text them through, 0427-154-166. Can give us a call as well, 1-300-736-736. Um, were you involved in any solid upset wins? Carlton ever upset a few people? Uh, not often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, <laughs> not really. Uh, 9.44 on 16.29 SCNSA, of course. We are doing it thanks to our friends at Solitaire Volkswagen. So... Go down there, check out the new Performance R range. It's all there. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Text line, busy this morning. Uh, this one from Winston in Ranella. He said, what about when Buster Douglas beat the great Mike Tyson? What an uppercut by Douglas hey. and down goes Tyson. Mike Tyson has been knocked out. Unbelievable. Let's go ahead and call it the biggest upset in the history of heavyweight championship fights. I would be willing to say it's the greatest upset in boxing history. Wow. Great upset in world sport. And this one via the text line, uh, what about when Tommy Lyon landed Jessica Braithwaite? Against all odds, he was paying about 1,003 to 1. And she was hugely upset. <laughs> With her own decision. Yeah, back backpedaling for years. Mm. Uh, good morning, Tom. Are you back in? Yes, so we thought we'd introduce a summertime segment here called Movie Reviews because mm-hmm. everyone I speak to, is, they always finish a conversation. Are you watching anything interesting? Yeah. Are you watching something on Netflix? We're always looking for something entertaining. Yes. And so we're each going to bring one to the table. Today, I've brought a film I watched uh, during the week called The Stranger. Now, it's not uh, the term you guys are used to called Hello Stranger. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's called The Stranger, and uh, look, I'll, I'll tell you about it before we play the audio. What it's about, it's based on a true story on Daniel Morecambe, who was obviously that famous missing persons case, the boy in Queensland, he went missing, And but what it's about is the undercover cop who had to investigate the killer. He went undercover for a long, long time, and he brought in a few other undercover police. They developed a criminal syndicate who uh, invited the killer in and they made him believe that he was part of this criminal syndicate and got him doing little odd jobs around the place and it's incredible the way they do it, this unsung work. And he ends up confessing to them because they need to extract that out of him because they they do it under the guise of we need to clean up your past so we can go on with this criminal syndicate. And it's just incredible work. Here's a bit of the trailer. This is the largest missing persons case in the history of our state and is one of the largest in the history of our country. At the time, detectives found insufficient evidence for him to be considered a person of interest. The whole operation hinges on you getting closer with him. But I know you know this. Don't find yourself in terrain that you aren't familiar with. This is just mind-blowing stuff, isn't it? I love 
I'm addicted to Aussie drama. Yeah. And this is uh, ventures into a new space. It's a crime drama, but it's very atmospheric and gloomy. Bryce, did you happen to watch this one as well? I did, off the back of you recommending it to me, uh, Tommy. And yeah, it was a, a bit uncomfortable watching yeah. it at times. It was a bit eerie, a bit, bit dark, it was a bit edgy. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, critics are raving about it around the world. I reckon it'll go into uh, one of the all-time great Australian films. Mm, there you go. So that's a little bit dark. That's yes. What, sorry, I'm just going to go for a low-hanging piece of fruit and really go back <laughs> into a much more comfortable zone, and yep. that is USA Basketball, the Redeem team. Yeah. Bob said he's going to set the tone and start the game. And he said, I'm running through Powell's chest. I swear, the first play of the game. Right there in front of the minutes, like, wow. Ooh. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo. Yo. So this is yeah. about the Redeem team, which was the USA basketball team going to the 2008 Olympics after somehow a star-started 2004 US Olympic team ended up with bronze. Controversial. Mm. And so this was basically years and years in the making. This wasn't a bunch of blokes who were put together a few months before the Olympics. Camps, everything else, all these other international tournaments for redemption. Um, and the voices that you're going to hear as well are LeBron James, yeah. Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. Um, there's a bunch of them as well. That little bit of snippet before talking about Pau Gasol. Yeah. So when America played Spain, and Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant are very, very good friends. But it gives you this unbelievable insight into just how competitive and what a beast uh, Kobe Bryant turns into when effectively what he gets and what we refer to as white line fever. Mm. When he gets on the court, he's just an absolute monster that he said nice and early. In other words, I'm going to smash Pau Gasol. Watch this. And then charge through him. It was unbelievable. Just the insight and hearing LeBron yeah. James and all these other guys talk about Kobe Bryant and hearing from Kobe Bryant himself. If you, if you, didn't, if you weren't 100% on board with Kobe Bryant's legacy before this, you watch this and you be like, that guy is really, really amazing. And, and the other quote that Pau Gasol said in that, uh, in that documentary, Hazy, was that uh, Kobe caught up with him uh, the night before, yes. I think, the, uh, their game and uh, just to have a chat and, and catch up. And then Pau said later that he goes, looking back, Kobe was just softening me up. <laughs> he was setting me <laughs> yes. up to think we're just going to play nice against each other. And then he come out and, and ran through him. So just the, the tactics and the mindset wow. of, yeah. uh, of Kobe is uh, it's fascinating. I'm so um, into the behind the scenes things with professional sport like this, where it's next level. You've got the biggest stars on the planet coming together uh, and just the dynamics of Coach K trying to assemble these guys. Mm. The biggest players means you've got some of the biggest egos on the planet as well and trying to genuinely get them to play team basketball when you've got 10 blokes who are all individual, the biggest stars in their teams, and then saying, no, come together and play a team role. And he did it, and they did it, and it was amazing. Yeah, it's got almost a movie vibe. Like, you could make a movie out of yeah. that story, couldn't you? What happened with the guys before who lost in the 2004 one? What, were they drinking or? They oh, just... gosh, goodness me. Who knows? Um, there's only a couple that went on to the next one, and one of them being Carmelo Anthony, who has a prominent role in that as well. Yeah. And you can tell, you get a really good insight into who the characters and who the lads were, and Carmelo is one of those blokes. 
And one of the stories he tells, well, I don't want to give too much away, is that he they went out one night and they were allowed to go out. And he said he got back, it was like five or six in the morning, and he'd had this massive night out. And as he's going into the elevator, Kobe Bryant comes out with his trainers. He's getting ready to go to the gym as Carmelo is coming <laughs> back from a massive night out. And then he said the next morning, Chris Paul did the same thing. Got up at five or six, started training. Next morning, by the end of the week, they're all training from five o'clock in the morning, copying Kobe. Good golly. Mm. That's intense. Gibber, what have you been watching? So I've been on the, the documentary train as well. Um, I've been watching the, the volume two of the Untold series. So it's okay. just a, a bunch of um, sports documentary films. Uh, and each, each episode's just uh, covering a lesser known sports story, I, mm. I suppose. So um, a couple of them in this series is uh, the race of the century. So it goes through the, the 1983 America's Cup. Uh, that Australia won the boat. Um, so the motivation, the dedication and the tactics obviously snapped the the 130-odd year record that the Americans uh, had won that. Uh, the rise and fall of Anne won, some, some uh, New York street ball mm. turned local heroes into legends uh, and how that rose really quickly and then fell. Uh, Operation Flagrant Foul, uh, NBA ref that was betting on, on games he was refereeing. Um, Saw that one. Good. And the last one I watched was uh, The Girlfriend That Never Exists. Uh, and this is uh, a young up-and-coming NFL player, uh, yep. Manti Teo, uh, went to Notre Dame and um, he was catfished for about three years. Right. Ooh, interesting. Manti Teo had an absolutely astounding senior year. His grandmother and girlfriend, Lene Kakua, had died the same night. He dedicated his season to them. It was an amazing story. I mean, they were with me, you know. I miss them. One problem, his girlfriend did not exist. I created this fictional character, Lene. I totally felt fear. I didn't have courage to just be like, this is who I am. This story is mind-blowing. And this was at a time where catfishing was not a known thing. And it was obviously at a time where people trusted people much more. And now if you get a random message, random phone call, straight away you go into, well, this is a scam mode. Versus back then it was, well, it's legit until it's proven not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think because social media was so early in its evolution back yeah. then, you, yeah, these things you just wouldn't fathom it happening. Because yeah. you think back then you see a photo of a person – and you just go, well, that's that person because it's their photo, yeah. uh, which is not quite the case now. Mm, you, you'd just be such, you'd have to be such an idiot to get catfished. <laughs> um, you would, you'd have it, to be basically a complete moron. Hang on. Be, 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 be careful what you say because this didn't affect me, but it did in the end. So this is why it right. was triggering for me because, and I actually haven't told this story too many times. My family knows and some close yeah. friends, whatever. We're tight-knit SNSA family. It's a perfect place. Correct. No so one else I, is listening. I was actually catfished in my first year of AFL footy. So. I, 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 was it Margot Robbie on the neighbour's set? No, she came a bit later. <laughs> uh, so, so this is what happened. So I, I, I lined up against the Western Bulldogs in would have been uh, my ninth or tenth game of AFL footy. Before yep. the first bounce, I, I would have had maybe six blokes come up to me and try and run through me, start roughing me up. Right. And I'm going, what is going on here? And anyway, their whole chat was around, you need to leave Sean Higgins' sister alone. And I was like, 
hang on, whoa. I sort of like, I had a bit of a smile on my face. I sort of didn't know what was going on. I was like sort of, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so the game played out. That had finished. Anyway, that was, that was the start of going, hang on, what, what was all this about? Where did, where did this come from? Anyway, luckily, Sean Grigg, who was a teammate of mine, knew Sean Higgins. I think they might have played uh, in, in the state countryside potentially together. Uh, or they had some sort of relation. Anyway, so we finally worked out that some bloke was pretending to be me and was talking to Sean Higgins' sister for oh about six months, right? So they they had this relationship, but they, they'd never met. So this guy was telling her, be like, all right, come to my footy games, come and watch me play, and then we'll meet up later that night after the game at a restaurant or a pub. So she would literally come to the Carlton games, watch me play, and then oh, every time Lord. I would cancel last minute on her, because obviously it wasn't actually me. Oh this bloke was also speaking to her family, speaking to her mum and dad on the phone, which is pretty scary. And this this um, this documentary has similar vibes vibes to, to this. And and no joke, her, uh, Sean Higgins's parents came up to me at the Rising Star. I think Sean got a nomination for the Rising Star that year as well. Yeah, and were having a conversation with me, and I didn't know who they were. Right. And they were talking to me like, like, we, like, like we'd known on. each other. And it was bizarre, but it never actually clicked until we actually went back. And I actually tried to you know, investigate it. Well, I got the police involved and to look into it a bit more because it was actually quite, when you think about it, quite scary. Because mm. if, if something had happened to me, like I'd, I wouldn't have known what was going on. It, would, it had nothing to do with me. So this poor girl had been talking to this this guy, thinking it was me for I think it was about four to six months. Whether they were in a relationship or not, I don't know a hundred percent. But yeah, they were. There was dialogue between. Um, yeah. So. So. Work that out. Did you end up in a relationship with Sean Higgins' sister? <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> but someone did for a small period of time. And I, actually, I can't. Well, that's re- scary. I, I can't remember if I, I actually spoke to Sean about this at a later date. I might have. It, it's obviously it happened a long time ago. But um, when we we got the police involved and tried, there's actually there's nothing they could do. They couldn't really yeah, so they go could, back and track crazy. this bloke, and it was sort of just left at at that. But um, luckily there was no damage done, and there was you know. But I mean, obviously Sean's sister was pretty embarrassed mm. uh, after finding out that it was that it was, was you. not actually me but this bloke could have been saying anything to to her yeah. and her family and um when you actually think about it it's actually quite disturbing absolutely yeah, blind my socks off yeah i'm gonna be honest with you i also used to um speak to girls and say that i was bright <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a, okay so it was hazy <laughs> Uh, it's two right. minutes past 10. Uh, Brett Sunderason, we're going to speak to yes. next. He's going to give us uh, an in-depth T20 World Cup update. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA, with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Giggs. Yeah, powered by Luma Energy SA, and of course, uh, loving our good friends at Soltair Volkswagen. That's where you find the new performance R-Range, just trying to get our heads around when Bryce Gibbs was unbelievably catfished in his first year at Carlton. This is... A strange situation, which ties in perfectly with the documentary you're watching at the moment, Manti Teo, um, who was this college superstar on the verge of playing in the NFL and did play in the NFL, who was unbelievably catfished. But 
Look, if you're a catfisher, get in touch with the show, 0427 154 166. And stop doing it, please. And or, if you're a Nigerian prince, stop. <laughs> right? Or stop. If, if you were the bloke that did catch, catfish me, get, ring the, ring, give us a ring. Get on the text line. I want to talk to you. I've got some unfinished business <laughs> with you, buddy. Unfinished business. And who are you trying to be now? <laughs> Andrew Hayes. Who's the next step? Oh, I'm Bailey Smith. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go into a bit of a uh, sports wrap with everything that's happening around uh, Adelaide today. This Saturday scoreboard. So let's start with the basketball last night. That was an unbelievably disappointing result. 29 point loss for the 36ers over the Breakers. Such high expectation. I know it's still early in the season, but when you come off a nice little four point win, like that, um, you expect bigger, bigger things from yeah, 36ers, and it was disappointing. You certainly do, and uh, yeah, no one, no one saw that that coming. And uh, I mean, I, I said before, I don't mind them uh, copping a bad loss like this, especially early in uh, in the year, because they can uh, hopefully get rid of all the complacency, get rid of. Uh, you know, they might have been a little bit ahead of themselves after knocking off the Phoenix Suns in the preseason. Mm. So uh, hopefully this jolts them back into some form. Yep. All right. Let's uh, talk about some NBA. And Ben Simmons was pretty awful, actually, against the Mavs. He had seven points. He did register a nice little steal to take the game to overtime. Uh, and in that overtime, as he had done throughout the whole game, Luka Doncic was huge. 41 points, 11 rebounds, 14 assists. That's one of the great triple-doubles. Brooklyn lost to the Mavs 129 to 125. Um, I did like Kyrie Irving's comments as well during the week, just saying absolutely in different words, lay off Ben and give him some time to find his feet because it's been two years. Well, he still is very much trying to find his feet. Yeah, he is. And he's just, you can tell he's not confident at the moment. You can tell the last couple of years has, has really got to him. I mean, the media are riding him every, each and every day and... I mean, he's not helping himself either. He continues to get into foul trouble. I think he's nearly had more fouls than actually points this season, which is uh, which is pretty hard to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's no easy way out of, of a, a spot like this that Ben's in. He just needs to keep working hard, keep keep believing in his uh, his ability, in his talents, and uh, he'll come out the other side. But, uh, yeah, he's doing it tough at the moment. Mm. Uh, we're going to speak to Brad Sunderason very, very soon. He's going to give us a T20 World Cup update. But... In short, Australia is still alive because they weren't eliminated last night because they didn't play. It was washed out against England. Uh, Either side, if they lost, would have been done. But now the Aussies are still alive. Um, And yes, we still have dreams of going back to back. And they can certainly do it. In in the T20 format, you can get hot quickly and you can go on a bit of a run. So um, obviously not ideal losing... Losing that first game to uh, to New Zealand, but uh, yeah, I mean it's going to be absolute fireworks when this game gets played. Obviously rescheduled, as yep. you said, yep, yep. Uh, from the the weather last night. We will get an absolute better idea when we speak to an expert like Barat next. But geez, it's hard to pick a winner right now because pre-tournament favourites were probably England. They got knocked off by Ireland, so they're very gettable. India uh, put up this unbelievable performance on the back of Virat Kohli against Pakistan to win right at the death. So maybe they are the front runners right now, but it's the beauty of T20 cricket. There's favourites, but nothing's guaranteed at all. It's not like going into a test. So, I mean, England play Ireland in a test. That's only going one way. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, and even India, we, we've seen, I don't think Virat Kohli's been out 
in this tournament and he's by far been the best player in the tournament and he only needs to get out cheaply in one innings and that could change India's whole game on that any given night. So uh, it's, uh, that's why I, I enjoy watching the, the T20 because anything can happen at any time. So, um, But uh, for our Aussies to come up against England, a, a must-win game, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. One of the best voices in international cricket is Bharat Sundarayson. He knows pretty much more than everybody else on the planet about cricket. We're going to speak to him next. He's part of SEN's uh, elite coverage. Ten minutes past ten. We are doing it thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen. Of course, we are powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, we're getting stuck into the T20 World Cup and we were expecting a nice, good, solid result from the Aussies last night. And then the gods said, no, no, no cricket tonight. We'll wash this one out. What an anti-climax. Yeah, it might have been a good sign. We might have been uh, due to lose. So they yeah. just said, no, nah, we'll, uh, we'll wash this one out yeah. and we'll come back another day. <laughs> you reckon the gods did us a bit of a favour, <laughs> do you reckon? I reckon they did. One of the absolute best, if not the best in the business, and we're very lucky to have him as part of our SEN commentary team, is Barat Sundarace, and he joins us this morning. Good morning to you, mate. Good morning, guys. And you might hear some uh, uh, airport announcements uh, in the background because I'm just uh, about to board my flight to Brisbane to hopefully go and see some cricket. Yeah. I spent three days in Melbourne um, watching it rain and rain and rain. That's all it pretty much has done. <laughs> right. Good. Well, hopefully Brisbane gives you some good weather. And thank you very much, mate, for joining us in between flights. Um, last night's result, um, if we're looking at this optimistically, is this a good thing for Australia in terms of the rest of the draw? Um, it does open up that group uh, a lot more. And if you just look at the matches uh, that Australia have from this point on to England, you would you would favour Australia. I mean, uh, no offence to Ireland or Afghanistan, but you would back Australia to beat Ireland at the Gabba. Uh, you would back Australia to beat Afghanistan um, in Adelaide, even though it is Rashid Khan's home ground and my home ground. Uh, but then you look at England's draw, England have New Zealand and then a very tricky team in Sri Lanka. So I think if anything, uh, England would feel a little more hard done by uh, than Australia. Just just looking at the draw more than anything else. So um, I think yeah, I mean that it, that makes this group even more interesting. So have you seen uh, Australia's campaign so far, Brat? They've obviously they dropped the first game to New Zealand and. Well, we're on the ropes a little bit there uh, against Sri Lanka. Um, so they're not quite going it uh, as well as they'd like, but um, do you reckon they can get some momentum over the next couple of games and, and do some damage in this tournament? Oh, yeah. Well, they have to. They have no other option uh, but to do that. They have been scratchy. They have been uh, sloppy. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, they would, have, they would have liked getting onto the field. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yesterday, uh, just to sort of carry over that momentum that was provided by Stoinis and Maxwell. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, really. And uh, they just have to hit the ground running uh, and not start off very slow like they did uh, at, at Perth against Sri Lanka. So I think that's, that's going to make it uh, really interesting. So you have, they have to start strong. Pressure for spots, Sparat. Who do you think is under the most pressure in this Australian lineup? Um, well, you automatically think Aaron Finch, but I think it's been like his, his role is being uh, uh, like, you know, I think understated. I mean, yes, he had a very scratchy innings. He had a very scratchy performance the other day, but uh, I still think I would still back Aaron Finch to, you know, come good. He's been in good T20 form. It's just that, um, you know, he's just uh, had one of those days where I put it in my piece. He had a bad relationship with his bat almost 
nothing was happening. So I I think he's striking the ball well. So I think Alan Finch is fine. I don't think anyone is under great pressure to get out of the side, but I think we would want Stephen Smith to. I would back Stephen Smith to come in because I think Australia can do with that glue batter in the middle. Uh, and what, which, which is the player you reckon that, that holds the key to Australia's fortune from here? Which, which player is the barometer of this side, you think? And, and when they're going, we, uh, we, we look unbeatable. I mean, look, it ha- you have to start with David Warner, right? I mean, he, he, did, he did it for Australia last year, um, player of the tournament. He just has it in him. And he, he's the one who needs to play that role. Like, you know, just hang in there, take the innings deep and finish things off. So I think... Uh, uh, for me, uh, Warner is generally a barometer. If he starts scoring runs like he was leading into this tournament, Australia will do well. And and he and he provides them that that momentum, that good feel at the top of the order, and that's what Australia needs. There's been some unbelievable moments already in this T20 World Cup. For me, this is still the top. Coley's got to find a boundary against Ralph. Coley stands his ground straight down the ground. He lifted it up. That is a shot of an emperor. Ralph in and at him. Coley lifts it up to five length. It carries for six. The man is a genius. He's not just a king. He's a genius. <laughs> he's the king for a reason. So he's one of those blokes, Farat, who you have to respect him. Even though you don't like him, you only dislike him because he beats your nation. That's probably what's happening. But, geez, he really resumed his uh, role at top of the throne, didn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The return of the king. And I said it on commentary as well. It was on Diwali Day, which is basically our celebration in the Hindu world for the return of uh, the king. I mean, that's what the celebration is for. And that's what it turned out to be. Uh, yeah, I was very fortunate to be at the MCG, fortunate to be sitting right behind Jared, listening to him call Virat Kohli or crown him as an emperor. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I said this later. I mean, you know, I can just those two sixes at the setting and everything else that went into uh, what happened there. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of special things happen out on the cricket field, but I think those two sixes will be, I think, in the top 10 moments that I'll carry to my grave. You know, on my last day, I'll look back at Virat Kohli and Harris Rock. Hopefully, that's a long, long way away from now. And hopefully, I see a lot of good things between now and then. But I think these two sixes will be in the top 10 for sure. Yeah, you're spot on there. And, and that, in your eyes, in your opinion, are they the favourites now? Um, you would... I, I would put them alongside a team like South Africa. I think South Africa just have like so much balance in that bowling attack. Uh, if the, you know, the, that bad luck that they carry into every World Cup just stays away, I'm going to back South Africa to be that team who maybe didn't start off as favourites, but I think are growing into favourites. And the, the game uh, on Sunday between India and South Africa at, at the Optus in third, I think that should decide. I think that'll, that'll let us which way this World Cup's going. Just before we let you go, uh, Brad, just in terms of T20 cricket on an international scale, is it all tracking in the right direction? And so far in terms of crowds and uh, popularity, etc., is, is it a success right now? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think this is the kind of World Cup T20 cricket needed uh, where uh, everyone has a chance to win, which is what the, the whole motto, the mantra behind T20 cricket is, right? There have been some World Cups in the past where you could have picked your semi-finalists uh, around this stage of the tournament. But this time around, we really don't know who's going to get there. Maybe Sri Lanka, Ireland could sneak in as well. 
I think that adds to the whole allure of T20 cricket, and I think this has been a great advertisement for that format. The rain, uh, rain apart, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, mate, SCN's lucky to have you. We love uh, everything that you bring uh, to the game, and hopefully when you get to Brisbane, you've got some nice weather waiting for you. Right, cheers, mate. I really hope so. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. <laughs> Good stuff. You too. Brad Sunderayson joining us this morning. Uh, don't forget, uh, catch up with everything in terms of T20 World Cricket and the World Cup via SENSA. It's all there. Jump on the app. And uh, oh, look, it's it's so open right now. And see, that was interesting as well, because I'm, I'm looking at it going, well, if it's not Australia, is it India? Is it New Zealand? And then one of the most knowledgeable names in the business says, well... I'm back in South Africa. I, I thought exactly the same thing, Hazy, when he when he mentioned uh, South Africa, and they do play each other next week. So I uh, might have to tune into that one. Mm, very interesting stuff. All right, so text line, a lot of text to get through before ten thirty. Uh, kept them coming through. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen, the new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Of course, we're powered by Lumo Energy SA. This morning, twenty two past ten for a top of twenty across Adelaide today. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. <laughs> text on this morning, 0427-154-166. Thank you to everybody who was texted through. In particular, a bit of a um, surprising response when we started talking about movies and then just sort of floated out there. Look, could be rom-coms and all of a sudden the texts were flooding through. I uh, kicked it off nice and early with uh, nominations for The Holiday. Gorgeous movie. Jude Law. I mean, what a dreamboat he is. Yeah. And then Notting Hill and everything else. It's been good, Tommy. It's a great fire starter for relationships as well. You know, you, you find usually you watch the rom-coms near the beginning of a relationship and that's where bonds are made. Mm. Thoughts, Bryce? <laughs> yeah, it's all good stuff. <laughs> Well, according to the men of Adelaide, yeah. it is great stuff. It was last time you and Laws sat down and watched Notting Hill and nah. cried in each other's arms. Can't say it's happened. Come on, mate. Maybe that's what I've been doing wrong. Well. Yeah, more rom-coms in your life. We've got a text here from Eddie as well asking about the crime drama we spoke about earlier, which is called The Stranger. Mm, jump on um, board that. Very, very dark. So yeah. personally, I'm more of a, um, Anna Scott type fan. The fame thing isn't really real, Yeah, you know. Mm. Yeah, no. It's nice short grab here. Anna Scott. And don't forget. Don't forget what? You're just a girl. What? I'm also just a girl. Oh, you're a movie star. Standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. And then... Um, so good. And then William Thacker probably goes along the lines of... Oh, oh, tell you how to kill the horse of Jolly Good. My housemate Spike, who is a flaky, sloppy mess. <laughs> pasty as well. Pasty as well. Flaky, pa- pasty Irishman. Yeah, but he's an opportunist. That's what you That's love it. about Spike. Yeah. He just goes for it. Goes for what he wants. Good jocks as well. Hey, what's on for you today, Tommy? I'm going to slip on down to Bunnings, actually. I've... Um, Broken the shower head in my retreat. <laughs> really? It's, it's, it's not what you think, but uh, I was having a shower the other day. <laughs> it's not what you think. <laughs> I tried to pull, pull the shower off. Hey, whoa, <laughs> hang on. Who's hey, the shower? And it looks like something you can screw back in, but I tried to fix it and I, I couldn't fix it. So I'm going to be a handyman today. I'm going to go get a brand new shower head and um, fix that up. Sweet Jesus. What about you, Bryce? <laughs> oh, uh, no, basketball. Charlie's basketball today. The debut. Debut Ooh. for uh, Sturt, Sturt Basketball Club. It's nothing really sweet here. 
There you go. Big you, show this you, morning. Andrew, what we had a lot of fun. To? Oh, I'm just going to go and pull the shower head off. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll be working at Channel 7 this morning, so uh, good luck to the Crows in the AFLW. Good luck to the Strikers if they're playing and stick around for some outstanding broadcasting via SENSA from 10.30 onwards. That's what I'll say. All the best to both of you. Thank you. Top of 20 across Adelaide today. Enjoy your weekend. God bless and watch be safe. Watch your rom-com. Mm, definitely watch your rom-com. Goodbye. <laughs>